Good morning and welcome to Conversations with Buddy. We record these podcasts at the Rec Podcast Recording Studio here in Kaiser, Oregon. We drop a new podcast every Friday morning with a story that will impact someone and we hope that someone is you. So please take a moment to like, comment, and also share on your favorite social media platform. We want to get these messages out to the people and to impact the world one testimony at a time. Today, I'm excited to introduce my guest. His name is Jake Zufelt. Welcome, Jake. Thanks, buddy. Thanks for having me. Dude, it's, it's, great, it's great to have you here. I know you reached out. Um, I'm not even actually sure how you found me. Maybe we're friends on social media. How, how'd that I all work out? I think we have a lot of mutual friends. Got it. I think that's how it came together. Yeah. And then I saw your podcast and I went, this looks like fun and I like having fun. Dude, you're all about having fun. I'm all about having fun. I can tell. We're really having fun. <laughs> well, hey, let me do a quick intro to you, uh, about you, and uh, and we're going to dive in. We have a lot of fun stuff to talk about. I think you and I have great energy, and it's going to be fun. That's just the espresso, but thank you. That's the espresso. <laughs> <laughs> Too cool. All right. You are a husband, and tell me your wife's name. Tisha. Tisha. Yep. She used to be a teacher, so we tell people, just remember Tisha, T- the teacher. Gotcha. Yeah, there you go. Tisha the teacher. Gotcha. You're a dad. And you did you say four kids? Three kids. Three kids. Seven, five, and two. You got it. Dude, right on. Okay, I want to know the names. Dawson, Avonlea, and Juniper. Nice. A little bit unique. Yeah. I love it. And then it. I have a 90-pound golden doodle named Forrest, <laughs> who's my four, he's my full-time floor manager. Oh, it's funny. At my office. Yeah. Golden doodle. I love those dogs. Those are amazing. You are an international bestseller as of... Recently, as of this month, this month, yay! Nice On my job, birthday, dude. I was so excited. Yeah, what day is your birthday? The thirteenth. We're just gonna give away all my personal information, dude. On this personal. Podcast and what's your social, right? <laughs> <laughs> what's your birthday? December twelfth. December twelfth. Twelve twelve. I had a great day. Yeah, we're Huge gonna we're, book we're gonna, launch. Holy moly! We're gonna dive into that. I can't wait to actually hear that because you had some people supporting you. And oh man, it was amazing. Yeah, cool. You are the member of the Inc. 5000 for fastest growing private companies in the U.S. Name of the company is? Height Digital. Number 868 out of 5000. We found that out. We were all in Costa Rica when we found that out. Yeah. And it was just an amazing moment. That is so cool. Yeah, it was really exciting. I can't wait to hear that. You're a guitar player. Uh, You've played in several bands. That's pretty cool. I saw your tattoo of your guitar on your wrist. And you said you have many guitars on your tattooed on your body. I have more guitars than I have guitar tattoos, so that's good, I guess. Okay, that's a good thing. Yeah. <laughs> that's awesome. Uh, coffee and craft beer enthusiast. Yes, sir. I love that. Well, we're going to talk about a lot of stuff. We're going to talk about you know life, personal. We're going to talk about your business, and then we're going to hear about your book. So let's dive in real quick and just kind of hear about Jake. So tell me, Jake, where were you born, and where'd you grow up? What's that? What's, what was that like? So I was born and raised in Alaska. I was a terrible Alaskan. Like I didn't fish. I didn't hunt. I don't like snow. I don't like being cold. I worked at a skateboard shop. <laughs> I was just like a misplaced Southern Californian like my whole life or something like that. Wow. But what's, what's so fun about that is I had the opportunity to do a lot of things over the last 25 years. And so I'm not 25, by the way, but in my working time, uh, man, I worked at a skate shop. I worked at a lawyer's office. I worked in the oil field. I worked at a coffee shop. And through all of that experience, just got to see the diversity in business, 
Got to hang out with people. I love people. I uh, ended up fast forward quite a bit, and I spent 10 years as a pastor. I was a youth pastor for six years, worship leader. I ended up getting demoted to work with adults. So I was an associate pastor. And during all that, that time, was in Alaska. No, that was in Oregon. That was in Oregon. Yeah, okay, I moved yeah. to Oregon. Oh gosh, has it been? Has it been like eighteen years? How long has it been? Wow, that's crazy. Okay. I just had to do the math. It's been a while. Yeah. So, anyways, ended up I was a pastor for ten years, and that's a whole nother story. I refer to that one as a couple beer story because okay. there's a lot to that. But it was an experience that I I genuinely appreciate all the hardship and challenges of what that included. Through that process, got to see just the, the ins and outs of, of emotional health and unhealth. We were huge, huge advocates of emotional intelligence, of counseling, of things like that, which is sometimes not widely accepted in religious communities. So got to experience a lot of diversity with that because I'm also working with business owners, working with nonprofits. So I did a lot of marketing. I'm on a number of nonprofit boards, a lot of event-based stuff, and really got to enjoy and appreciate just the complexities of humanity. It became a bit of an obsession of mine for a while, (laughs) which was just studying human nature in both a religious and in just like a sociological standpoint. Yeah. So it just, just, man, what a journey that was. So fast forward even, and I hired my boss to work for me. <laughs> so he was my boss for 10 years. He was a pastor for 20 years. Wow. Now he, he works for me. He's our full-time general manager for High Digital Eugene. So take me back a little bit. So what, what age were you when you became a pastor? When did you exit And then when did marriage come in there? That's Yeah, I got married after my junior year of college. So I was 21, stepped into full-time pastoral ministry at 22, which is insane. Yeah. I don't know why they hired me still to this day. Um, And then ended up exiting 2021. Is that true? Yeah, January of 2021. So just recently. Really? Yeah. So I was running a marketing agency like alongside doing pastoral ministry, which was really fascinating. Yeah. And I, I, there's a real like, we like they call it the grind culture in entrepreneurship. And I hate that term because I really, really strongly push for balance in life. But I was waking up, man. And I'm not a morning person. Like I think mornings are stupid. I don't <laughs> like I drink a ton of espresso, but, but I was so driven to really make a life an opportunity for my family that I was up at 4.30 in the morning training. I was, I was literally training and working um, on, on marketing skills and developing strategies, on testing those strategies. I literally borrowed from my retirement to start the business. So I, I am kind of a hundred percent in or hundred percent out kind of guy. And so I went all in and unknowingly hit some, some kind of check marks and, and, and checkpoints, I should say, in business and marketing early on that I didn't know were checkpoints. <laughs> Come to find out later on, people were like, you did how much in gross revenue in that point? And I was like, man, I just 
I just went for it. Just working. Yeah, I was just working. And so people look at it, I think, sometimes and they go like, okay, so I've been at this for roughly three years, which you might be like, that seems like not a very long time for someone that's like writing a book about it and stuff like that. But the reason that I was able to do that was number one, the success that happened quickly. But with that quick success, people didn't get to see the behind the scenes work. Mm. And that's what I, I try to kind of offer and challenge people with is like, no. I'm up at 4.30. I hate mornings. I'm up at 6.30. I'm up before the kids are awake to be able to invest in myself so that I can invest in others, not the other way around. Wow. Right? That's good. I mean, just a takeaway on that was, you know, a guy who doesn't like mornings, you drink a lot of coffee, and you're up at 4.30 in the morning doing the work. A lot of people see the success that comes after that, and they go, oh, he's an overnight success. It's like, well, hold on here. You weren't there at four thirty in the morning for like for three years, right? You're you, not there you're not there when I am a website goes down and it's nine thirty at night and I have my infant, my youngest, sleeping on the floor of my office as I'm fixing the website. Hmm. And I have a picture of it. I kept a number of these pictures just as a reminder of that journey of being an entrepreneur. Wow. Hey, it's not for everybody, is it? No. Oh, goodness. And everybody wants to be the entrepreneur, but what they don't realize, when you work for yourself, they think it's, oh, I'm my own boss. I can kind of work wherever I want, but then you don't make any money. So you have to be extremely driven. And I, what I take from you, Jake, is that you probably have a drive. You're an all-in kind of guy. It's all or nothing. But I have my, I have my moments for sure. I, I've talked about this pretty publicly on on social media. Yeah. Like I struggle with seasonal depression. Okay. And just recently went on medication for the first time in 30, almost 35 years. Wow. And so there are days and I've been really open about it. And what's been cool is I've seen the response from the entrepreneurial community yeah. as I have talked about it. They have been so supportive and so really collaborative which is interesting because a lot of entrepreneurs, especially, and I don't want to make this like a male, female thing, but a lot of, a lot of dudes have a really hard time talking about depression and anxiety. Yeah. And the more that I've been able to be open about it on social media, having been through a lot of counseling, a lot of study in emotional health, um, understanding how good it is for me to talk about it. I've seen response from people reaching out right. being like, man, I've never talked to anybody about this, but Thanks for sharing. So people, again, like there's the grind, there's the all in, there's also the days when I have a hard time getting out of bed, Got right? It. That's all part of that journey. Why do you think guys have a hard time just being transparent with their struggle? We all struggle, right? But tell me why you think that guys, specifically dudes, as you say, I always say I'm a dude. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a typical dude. But why do, why do dudes and guys struggle? Man, I wish I had an answer for you because it's so different. For each person. Yeah. But I, I think emotional intelligence, number one, is taught to us by our parents. That's pretty documented. Emotional health, unhealth, stuff like that. Whether that is the direct involvement, whether that's the absence of parental involvement. And so I think there's a lot of guys, and I'm speaking generically, I want to be clear, right? But there's generational stuff as well. And so, like, I work with a number of people that, like, fall into the Gen X category mm-hmm. who will talk about the way that their parents raised them versus me being a millennial versus working with Gen Z. There's, an, a, there's a phenomenal book that's called The Coddling of the American Mind mm. that is just this an amazing kind of walkthrough of 
how did we get Generation Z? <laughs> this is really what the question is. Like, how do we get Gen Z? And what is it that they're incredibly gifted at? And what are the areas of opportunity that the boomer, the the Gen X and the millennial generation have a hard time connecting with them? And a lot of it comes back to the willingness to admit and and admire like emotions. Okay. It's super, super fascinating to me. And so I think for a lot of guys, some of it's just like ego and, and ego is misunderstood a lot. I think a lot of guys are confused of, or are, are kind of, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're, they're sort of accused of ego, but e- like women have ego just as much as guys have ego, but we just totally. don't talk about it very much. And so, you know, again, back to kind of the entrepreneurial world there, there's a posturing that I think a lot of people think they have to have as a business owner. You have to position yourself as like having it all together. Yeah. You have to position yourself as as being successful. And then you start getting into the nitty gritty of it and you find out that like their marriage is suffering, their kids are having a hard time. They're not actually making as much money as they look like online. Uh, they're having a hard time getting out of bed like me. And so when I started the business, it was rooted on three things. One was humanity which was the idea that I'm a human working with humans, trying to find humans. Hmm. Like we're not going to call it anything different. And in the real estate world, the mortgage world, we talk about leads all the yep. time. We call them people. Yeah, they're people. <laughs> we just say people. We're like, oh yeah, oh, you got contact information for a person. The other thing was transparency. The digital marketing space is absolutely just shady as can be. Hmm. And part of what I talk about in the book, Digital Marketing Sucks, is the pitfalls of the industry where there is just an immense amount of dishonesty or there's a there's an ability to like sugarcoat things. So you're using data to show results that aren't really there. So transparency, the other one was just honesty. We just tell the truth to a fault. So where like I went back and looked because we're wrapping up the end of the year here. We refunded at some point this year, like over $8,000 to clients just because of like, missed expectations, miscommunication, uh, lack of perform- Like there were just times when something didn't work the That's way right. we thought it was going to. And so rather than us saying like, oh, this is a huge opportunity area, you know, like there, there's space here that we're just like, no, hey, we we messed up. There was miscommunication in-house. The website didn't get launched on time. We're really sorry. Here's $4,000 back. Wow. And we just said from the very beginning, that's how we're going to run our business. And how do you feel about that? I, I sleep at night. Man. Ah. Like, that's the thing, though, is it's like I remember, still remember the day we had to, that exact situation. Right. We had to refund $4,000 of an $8,000 website. I didn't even tell my team what we were doing, and they were all on the call. And we were done, and I talked to my operations manager afterwards, and he just immediately goes, you did the right thing. He said, our entire purpose is to treat people like people, mm. and you did that. And that was so affirming for me. And yeah. I went to bed that night knowing my P&L report was not going to be awesome right. <laughs> that month. And yet, I knew that was the right decision. Right decision. Too cool. We're going to dive more into your uh, your business and your your book. Uh, just before that, though, so take me back. I mean, I always love the story. When did you get married? I mean, I think you said 21, 22, or right before you got into ministry. Yeah. And then, then when did you guys decide to have kids? So I like to hear those stories, and I think people enjoy the yeah. struggles of, you know, being a dad, you know, being an entrepreneur. Being married, I Absolutely. mean, nothing about this is easy. No. So walk us no, through. No, and getting, getting into pastoral ministry as well at that age, <laughs> like is a very transparent process yeah. where like you're really giving a lot of yourself. And yeah. so we ended up going to marriage counseling like a year into being married, which I would highly encourage. Yes. I think premarital counseling is like sort of like 
counseling for the mentally insane. Like yeah. premarital counseling is like you have two people who don't know who they are and don't know what they're getting into. <laughs> And you're right. trying to talk to him about it. Uh, so year in, after getting married, like we went to like full-time marriage counseling and it was transformational for yeah. us. We've been to marriage counseling uh, multiple times over the course of, I think, 13 years, whatever we've been married. Yeah. Um, we ended up having kids uh, 26, I think. We're about 26 years old or something like that. Tried yeah. for a number of years and just for some reason, weren't it? There's nothing physically you know wrong or anything like that but that's a story i talk about with people all the time hmm. is i open up with them yeah we tried for like almost two years when yeah. we have kids and again like just wanting people to know like the struggles you have whether it's depression whether it's infertility all those things yeah man that plays a part in everything that you do i don't care if it's business or life or whatever yeah. like we got to talk about it so Ended up having our first kid i think it was about 26 and um man i absolutely adore being a dad hmm Absolutely love it. Uh, it's also been probably the most revealing thing I've ever done in my life. Pastoral ministry, business, all those things included. Yeah. I've learned more about myself from being a dad than I have anything else. What's what's one thing you, when you say that, what, what's that mean? What'd you learn? Oh, man. I mean, they're just little imitators. The way they talk to each other and the way they talk to yeah. people. And you realize like, oh, my gosh, that's exactly the way Wait I Wait a second. Where, where'd they come from? <laughs> Oops, that was me. Yeah. Exactly. And then uh, appreciating their differences. Three kids, uh, you know, very different. Really, my, my son is just, I mean, when we get home today, like we found a new app for coding and he wants to learn how to code. He's seven. And he's Dude. like, Dad, I want to learn how to code. And he gets it. Like, well, he's, he's your firstborn. That's what they do. Well, and he's in first grade reading like a fifth grade level. Which is just incredible to watch. We should have brought so, him here oh today. Oh my gosh, man, he would he seriously. Would that would have been a blast. <laughs> he is he is super chatty. Shocker. I've never thought about having a podcast with a, a seven year old kid, but honestly, that could be a blast. That would be really fun. Yeah, and, and so my so he is just he's super intellectual. I we have him into sports, but he likes sports because of the intellectual aspect of it. And then my middle child is like, a, she is such an incredible social awareness. Which is incredible to watch in a five-year-old. Five to be able to understand, like, here's the here's the friendship circles at school. Like, here's the. It's incredible for her to. It, we call her a human cat because she only does stuff if it's her idea. Yeah. So that's what cats do. Yeah. She's the yeah. <laughs> so a lot of fun. A lot of fun. And your two-year-old? Oh, she's a comedian. Yeah. She's just a total goofball. That's so funny. She that's understands. Awesome. She understands humor, and she's two. So yeah. Well, thanks Very for fun. sharing, you know, the struggles, uh, you know, of being a, a, a pastor, uh, getting married, being an entrepreneur, having kids, you know, and having a struggle having kids. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do struggle. And so that's good that you share that. A lot of people, more than most people realize. Yeah. And your story, people aren't motivated by how well you do necessarily. They're motivated by, oh, you struggle too, and you're still moving forward. That's actually motivating. So... Well, hey, let's dive a little bit into uh, Height Digital. What made you start that? And then we're going to end on why digital marketing sucks, but yet it's not, it doesn't suck. All of it doesn't suck, just most of it because it's not transparent. Yeah. So, yeah. And it's really complex. Yeah. So yeah. let's talk about your business because I know marketing is a big word. It just means people think marketing is just one. It's just one thing. It's but, incredibly misunderstood. Okay, walk us through that because I, maybe I need to understand this more too. Right? Yeah. So I started. I started an agency called Weldwood Marketing, and so High Digital was actually a merger. 
And so there's 29 locations across the U.S. for Height Digital. So technically, it's a franchise model, which people are kind of like, how do you franchise digital services? And I'm like, that is a great question. Um, so I own Height Digital Eugene, but I have clients literally from Seattle to South Florida. And what's amazing about Height Digital is that in the world of digital marketing, I compared a ton to real estate, right? Like throw a rock and you'll hit like five real estate agents, right? They're just everywhere. The same is true of, of marketing. So what happens is that everybody looks at digital marketing agencies and they think that they all do the same thing hmm. because they hear marketing, they hear digital marketing, and they think that digital marketing is like a niche of marketing. <laughs> and it's like, oh man, like it's such an immersive world. And part of it is just the pace at which digital marketing has changed in the last 20 years. So I remember 20 years ago building a website on like Homestead as like part of a class in in school. I don't remember what it was, high school, middle school, whatever. And just seeing like the, the beginnings of what the, I still remember like not having the internet in my house growing up, right? And then getting dial up. So you start realizing the pace. iPhones 15 years ago, like just came out. And now they are the five top selling phones in the world are all iPhones. Okay. Yeah. So the pace at which this stuff has moved is incredible. So I saw the need and I'd done a lot of marketing, done a lot of digital marketing for business owners because I saw that they were overwhelmed and frankly, were being taken advantage of. So started, started my agency. It's been a year since our merger with Height. And we are now one of the largest marketing agencies in the United States. Our team is over 200 people. We're actually, our corporate office is in Nicaragua, in Central America. Got to travel back and forth there. So we've got, again, 29 locations here in the U.S. We've got some of our team members in Nicaragua. It's just an incredibly diverse, um, just knowledge base, experience, things like that. Obviously, hit the Inc. 5000 recently. Yeah. But what it came down to is, is I found a network of people who had the same values that I did. They said, okay, how do we bring transparency, honesty, and just quality to hmm. digital marketing so that we can create a consistent and trustworthy base for business owners? That's really where the heartbeat of height was at. How do you standardize something that is genuinely the Wild West? Hmm. There is no qualification that you have to have to call yourself a social media expert. Just there fog, are, a, fog <laughs> a mirror and you're good. <laughs> it's like if you create a website and put social media expert on it, you don't even have to show like the data for it. What's incredible is I'll talk to somebody and say like, oh, okay, you've been in marketing, digital marketing for a long time. How many clients do you have? And they're like, I have six. I have 10, something like that. But from an outside perspective, it looks like everybody's doing the same thing. They all talk the jargon about SEO. They all talk about optimizations. They talk about all the different things. And then you get into the root of it and realize like, oh, these are two completely different worlds. So that's a huge issue. There's no compliance. There's no, you can be Google certified, Facebook certified, whatever it is, but all you had to do was take a test. You don't have to show any experience with it. So for the general, the general business owner, how in the world... Do you pick an agency when there's no licensing, there's no qualification, you don't have to go to school, you don't have to have anything like that. So that's, again, height, we're trying to set up a standard, which is a big, big task. Yeah. It's a huge task <laughs> to try to do that. So, Yeah, everybody's trying to be the social media expert, but like you said, it. I've been obviously 
doing digital marketing for a long time as well. I don't even know what I'm doing. So somebody could easily take advantage of somebody like me. And uh, yeah, it's frustrating to pay a bunch of money and not really get the results. So tens, I like I've seen tens of thousands of dollars. Clients yeah. come to us and they start showing us what what they, oh my gosh, we just took on a multi-site dental office who was paying north of $4,500 a month to an agency. And they reached out to me. And this is something I've offered for years. I say, look, I'm not the agency. I'm not the marketing you know, subcontractor for everybody. But if you want me to just like literally look over your stuff, I'm more than willing to do that. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I ended up looking it over and I said, oh my gosh, you had a massive dip in traffic, website traffic. And they were like, when did that start? I'm like, started in February. And they're like, oh my gosh, we had suspicions that our company wasn't doing anything for us. And they actually used the term, like we, we thought we kind of been the cash cow for this company, just paying them over and over. And I said, but then you had a traffic increase in August. And they're like, yeah, we had a come to Jesus moment with our marketing agency and they started working again. And I went- So for six months, they didn't work. Yeah. Hmm. And they were getting, but over six months, they got paid. I mean, you do the math. I have an English twenty-four degree. to $26,000. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I've seen this over and over and over. So what's interesting to talk about the book, digital marketing sucks. You might be like, okay, this guy's been in business for like three years, right? Yeah. It's like nothing. But what's interesting is the book came out of a number of my clients saying, Jake, okay, we just worked with three marketing agencies over the last 10 years. And then we ended up with you guys. We've been super happy with it. Can you write the book that will be sort of like the explanation to fill in the knowledge gap for business owners and, and digital marketing so that they know what to expect? So they know what's the good foundation. So I'm not offering you like the 90 day steps to a million dollars. Like I'm, I know, I'm so sorry, buddy. I'm not offering that kind of stuff. What I wanted to do with Digital Marketing Sucks is literally offer those nine to 10 things that you need to do to solidify your foundation so that as all the trends come and go. I mean, TikTok wasn't even a thing people were paying attention to five years ago, right? And now everybody's saying that's the social media platform you need to be on. Okay, so it it there's going to be trends, there's going to be transitions, there's going to be shiny objects, there's going to be whatever it is that says this is the strategy you have to do in order to make this kind of money. The problem is if you don't have the foundation in place, going toward that trend could end up wrecking your foundation. Hmm. And so digital marketing sucks is literally the subtitle a frust or a sorry a practical guide for frustrated business owners mm. I, ha I should probably get the title correct of my own book <laughs> that's what the whole idea for it was yeah. is going how do we just give business owners a foundation so that they don't get taken advantage of that they're not having business slip through the cracks mm -hmm. i had someone reach out to me one time and said hey i don't even need my digital marketing to like explode i just don't want it to be a liability anymore and that was a huge aha moment for me. It was like the final push to write the book was go, okay, people just want to make sure they're not losing money. Yeah. And so this is really, it's going to have checklists like crazy, buddy, because I'm allergic to complexity. <laughs> so it's just going to have checklists like crazy. You're saying, okay, after this chapter, I want you to go look at these 10 things. Mm. Make sure that you have them in place. How many clients have you picked up since you wrote your book? Because they like, Jake, I love your transparency. I love, I love your checklist. I really love you, man. Well, what's funny is the book isn't even released yet. 
it officially is readable March 1st. So that's what I find, think I found astounding about the whole situation is I've gotten a number of clients just from the conversation around the book. And that's what I think has been really telling. If anyone's ever, <laughs> anyone's ever thought about writing a book, buddy, you should write a book, man. Um, it is such an incredible experience. And I hired a publisher uh, out of Texas who's just been amazing and has walked me through the whole process because it is so different than ever I expected in it. But again, like the message... You have to sell a message. Hmm. And so one of the biggest mistakes that that authors make is they write a book no one wanted. Hmm. And so talking with business owners, fleshing out the ideas, I literally gave the outline to multiple marketing agencies and said, is there anything I'm missing? And they said, no, you got it all. I was willing, I'm not married to anything, man. Like I just just like, what, yeah, what, what do I need to do in order to make sure business owners are helped and ran it by some really successful marketing agencies, East Coast, West Coast. And they said, no, you got it all. So I was really encouraged by that. So when your book did launch on December 12th, your birthday, you became a number one Amazon bestseller, Amazon bestseller in one day. Yeah. Wow. I was exhausted. Well, how come? <laughs> I mean, what was, what was up with that? I mean, it was, so the lead up to it was, was a lot of promotion. Here's the interesting thing about it that I'm actually really proud of. I actually had some mild restrictions on social media for making a joke about the Washington Huskies Oregon Ducks football game. Apparently, Facebook didn't like it, so they restricted me. Seriously? <laughs> yeah, so I was actually not even showing up at the top of people's feeds that day. I was actually further down the feed. Oh, my god! So, which is what, like, part of what I'm really, like, proud of is overcoming that. But what what did it for me was the network, man. You signed up on my launch team, yep, which I appreciated I for yeah. that. Is it's like I had almost two hundred people on my launch team, promoted the book like crazy. As I was getting close to international charts, I had people DMing me, being like, "Where else do you need to be?" And I'm like, "Man, anybody in the UK would be great." And he's like, "I got you." I mean, it was just like wow. an incredible just network, and it was just humbling for me. And so someone reached out who does PR. They're out of Eugene, and they said. Um, hey, I know you can buy rankings for books. Like how many copies did you buy to get you on there? And I said, you're not going to believe this. I said, I bought one because you can't fabricate pre-sales right. on Amazon. You can only buy one per account. So I hit number one in in a dozen charts and, on and there was Amazon. a couple of books that you organic, right? Yeah, there was a couple of books that you put up there that you'd actually beat there. Oh my god! What was a t- couple of books I was thinking? Oh of. man, um, I mean Donald Miller's Building a Story Brand is that's, a, that's one of my favorite books. By the way, I, I read it maybe a year ago. <laughs> I read um, it probably four. So I really High like Digital this month just became the largest story brand certified agency in the world. Come on now, boom! So literally had. Some of the story brand staff flew to Nicaragua and did trainings there. And then a number of our franchisees mm-hmm. were already story brand certified guides. Like we've got a lot of, of connections. I love story brand. Um, man, there was a couple Russell Brunson. Yes. Yeah, from ClickFunnels that ended up passing. I mean, it just was. <laughs> Is he a real deal, by the way? I mean, no. I, I see him everywhere. I'm like, I don't know. I, uh, is is he part of that? Yeah, don't do this. I will say this. I think, and this is totally my opinion. I think Russell Brunson is the real deal. I think Russell Brunson. I think Russell Brunson inadvertently created 
a big part of the problem we face in marketing, mm. which was creating fake marketers. Got it. And so he was selling courses that all you have to do, the one funnel away, we joke about all the time, you just have one sales funnel and you can make a million dollars. The two comma club is like kind of a joke in the yeah. marketing space because literally if you own a roofing company and I'm your marketing agency, if I have a ClickFunnels website, if anybody doesn't know what that is, you can Google it, it's all over the place. Um, and I get you to sell a million dollars through that funnel, which is not that hard to do with roofing. Yeah. You and I can both win a, a comic club. So I was on the phone with with a friend of mine the other day, and he made some joke about the book and the success. And he's like, "Hey, run it through ClickFunnels, maybe you'll get a comic club." And I said, "If you send me a spray painted gold record, I'd be happy to hang it on my wall." That's funny. Yeah, the Russell <laughs> so, Brunson. That's yeah, funny. I think I don't know. I've never met him. I know people that have said he's fantastic, but again, yeah. fake marketing. It's hard. So. Got it. Hey, this was great, man. Um, as we wrap up here, I know we could probably do this again. I think we're going to have your son up here maybe on the next one. I swear. He's really chatty, man. <laughs> I swear. It'd be so fun to have a seven-year-old. How does somebody reach out to you and actually get a hold of you, Jake, to learn more about what you do? Maybe get involved in some online marketing sure. that's actually transparent, that actually produces something worthwhile. Yeah. And I want to be clear. I, I want to be a resource to people. I'm not, I tell people I'm terrible at sales. I just want to be friends with people. <laughs> and if at the end of the day, we end up having some sort of financial transaction, okay, like <laughs> whatever. But yeah. it's, you know, I just want to hang out with people. So yeah. if you go to jakezufelt.com, J-A-K-E-Z-U-F-E-L-T, jakezufelt.com, you'll find all my links. You can book a call with me, whatever it is. If you go to sucks.jakezufelt.com, you'll actually, it'll take you to the book, which is a lot of fun. But I just, you know, again, I want to encourage business owners. Um, you know, we're at the end of the year here. We're we're, what did you call this? You called this the eve of New Year's yeah, Eve. Yeah, the, the New Year's the eve, 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 eve. Eve, Yeah. yeah. Um, business is hard. Yes. It's really hard. And people will sell you the quick, easy fix. Digital marketing is hard. It sucks. And you have to be incredibly consistent with it. And when I say consistent, I mean not just like posting regularly on social media. I'm talking about having a strategy and having a plan. And then sticking to that, and anytime you change a variable, it's going to affect the results. And so you have to have intentionality with all of it. And that's probably the biggest flaw I see in business is they commit what I call random acts of marketing. Hmm. And there's not a measurable outcome. There's not a goal set in mind. And it ends up costing them money. It causes frustration. Sometimes it damages the business is that there has to be an intentionality with it. If I can be a resource in helping people have intentionality in mm. it, hit me up. I literally work in an office shed in my backyard. I am around. <laughs> that was funny when we were we were doing our Zoom call. You're like, I'm actually in my shed out back. I'm yes. like, that's really awesome that you can work worldwide out of your shed and have a great it's business. Unbelievable. I sometimes I, you know, with all the hard work it is, there's days I pinch myself. Like, is this real? Like, yeah. I literally walk 10 feet to the shed in my backyard every day, most of the time with pants on, you know, to jump <laughs> on Zoom. No, I'm yeah, kidding. yeah. Uh, to jump on Zoom calls. And I literally go from East Coast, West Coast to the UK, to the Philippines, to Central America. Just that's so cool. It's a crazy world we live in, buddy. Hey, what's the final word? I mean, you said a lot, and I really, I, I'm encouraged by it. 
Um, we know how to reach out to you. Any last words of wisdom that you want to share before we wrap up? I think the biggest takeaway I've had in my short time in business is it's never a waste to invest in yourself. And I spent years in pastoral ministry learning about sacrificial leadership, right? Learning about giving of yourself constantly. And I think in that process, in that language, and in that messaging, I didn't learn to care for and invest in myself. And so anytime I have invested in myself, it has paid off incredible dividends. And so if you are a burned out, frustrated business owner, take the time and the finances, put your money where your mouth is, and invest in yourself, whether that is a conference, a retreat, whether that is counseling, invest in yourself because you're the only thing you can control. And the safest bet you can make financially is to invest in yourself. Wow. Well said. I'm going to take your advice on that too, because I've been doing what I've been doing for around 24 years and I've had moments of burnout, but I go to annually, I go to two to three to four different um, trainings and um, that always energized me to come back and do it well. But there's times where I didn't, and uh, it always paid the 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 consequence was burnout led to lower production, and it just a snowball going down the wrong way. So I agree with you a million percent. So, well, Jake, thanks so much for being here today. Thanks for driving up from the big city of Lebanon <laughs> and uh, hanging out with us for the morning. I uh, can't wait to have your son on here. I swear. Uh, that invite is... He would love it. We'll have to figure out in the next 90 days-ish. We'll give it 90 days. We'll let this one kind of simmer down, and then we'll have him on the show. It will be a very entertaining episode. I promise <laughs> I you I love that. it, man. <laughs> well, brother, Buddy, thank you, man. This means a lot. I, I, again, appreciate your involvement with the book launch. That was overwhelming to me. And, yeah. then, and then this continued support. Yeah. It's great. Well, thank you. And then we'll, po- we'll post everything in the show notes so everybody knows how to get a hold of you. And looking forward to the next time, man. So thanks, Jake. Have Thank a great you. day to all you out there. Have an awesome week. Again, thanks to the Rec for hosting this podcast. And uh, again, if, if you like this episode, please like and share it with somebody you care about that's you know struggling with seasonal depression, marriage, entrepreneurship, social media, whatever it is. Definitely uh, reach out and uh, we'll, we'll see you soon. Thanks so much.